Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Welcome in the latest episode of the Five on the Floor podcast on the Five Reasons Sports Network, doing something a little bit different tonight. We've got a full pod that's coming up, which Alex Toledo, myself, and Alphonse Sidney recorded prior to the Kings game, but because the Kings game was so crazy with the Heat winning in overtime, we've got Alex Toledo right now on the scene at American Airlines Arena, Ethan Skolnick back here in Fort Lauderdale, but we're going to do a very quick intro pod for you, and then we're going to get to the pod that Alex, myself, and Alf did uh, basically yesterday afternoon. All right, so let's get to five things tonight on this win here for the Miami Heat. Again, winning in overtime, as they always do, and winning at home, which they've done all but one time this season, that one loss to the Lakers. No Jimmy Butler tonight. Uh, First thing I wanted to get to with you, uh, James Johnson. They don't win this game without James Johnson. Uh, This was like James Johnson from the 30-11 and team what are we seeing with him right now? And in your view, I, I can't understand why he wasn't playing if he was looking anything like this. Yeah, I mean, this has been absolutely spectacular. They absolutely do not win tonight without James Johnson. We 100% saw the guy that Pat and the Heat front office wanted to re-sign to a four-year deal a few summers ago. But, yeah, James Johnson, he fin- we finally got to see everything we've been talking about, right? Everything they could use from him. He was playing some pretty good. Uh, post-defense out there, and it just absolutely balled out. He's a shooter now, apparently, right? Yeah, I mean, this is the second game now where he's been making threes down the stretch, and you're kind of like, no, 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 yes. Uh, and, and that's how I felt with him a couple of years ago. I mean, look, if he's even a 33 to 35% three-point shooter, but he's making them down the stretch of games, it gives them an option. Let's be honest. Jimmy Butler's been worse down the stretch from three-point range than James Johnson has been. Like, J.J. gave them everything, and Jimmy missed the game with the hip injury and trying to get a little bit of rest, but JJ gave him everything tonight that you wanted from Jimmy. So tremendous performance. Number two here for you, because this came up on Twitter quite a bit. We got to get to something that I think people perceive as negative. Uh, The zone defense has it run its course to a certain degree because they can't box out in it. Like that's a consistent problem. Yeah. I mean, it was not looking great whatsoever. Along with Duncan and Goran Dragic, like that's too much for Bam to try to hold together on defense. And Bagley was getting, you know, a lot of those putback attempts, getting getting to, to the middle of the floor. So was Darren Fox. It was just very clumsy out there. I think Spo kind of wanted to make a statement. Which it ended up working. But a couple times it looked like it was not going to end up working. But, yeah, yeah it, uh, it, it, it ended up point, working better when they threw James Johnson back in there. Well, it does. I mean, they need someone to at least high point it. Um, and without Derek Jones Jr. for a stretch of the game, too, it got worse. I, my only thing is, I, I, this is the counter to it, because Clay put out there that Clay Ferraro from Channel 10, who, whose work I respect, we've had him on the pod, but uh, Clay put it out there, you know, that maybe the zone has run its course. But the thing is, if you don't have, if you don't have Jimmy and you don't have Justice, then you don't have DJJ. <laughs> I mean, you, you don't have anybody you can guard. Uh, and so it, it, the zone, I think, to, becomes a necessity to some degree. Uh, n- number three here uh, with, with you, uh, Kendrick Nunn, uh, you know, I was thinking at the end of the game, and this is even with Goran Dragic handling, and I know Goran had that great spin but couldn't finish. At certain points there, I was like, get the ball in Kendrick's hands. Like, I've gotten to the point with him as an undrafted rookie. I trust him with the ball, 
And I certainly trust him at the line. Like that is, I mean, to me, a guy who makes that consistent shots consistently down the stretch from the line. And I know he wasn't getting to the line at all earlier in the season. That's a guy who's had to do it as the best player on his team for a while and was trusted with it. Like, I feel like Kendrick Nunn is looking like a go-to player. Am I wrong? No, I mean, I don't think you're wrong in the sense of somebody who's going to be a reliable scorer for years to come in the league. I don't know that he's ever going to be, you know, one of those top three guys on a, on a playoff level team, even though he kind of has been this season more or less, right? Like he's been what their, their third leading scorer all season. But no, I think I, I absolutely agree with you. Kendrick Nunn is reliable at this point. He knows uh, that, you know, him and Goran aren't really guys who will break down defenders one-on-one. And I think that has a lot to do with why Spo runs the thing he does on offense where uh, screens are constantly there to open up guys like Duncan and Kendrick Nunn and, and Goran so that they don't have to do the work on their own. And Kendrick Nunn knows how to take advantage of it at this point. I think he's figured out what to shoot, what to pass, things we've talked about in the past already. But mm. at the same time, he's very aggressive in it. He's not hesitating whatsoever. And he's just getting quicker and quicker as the games go along and making the reads. Well, the other thing that's been positive, I'm going to look at these numbers, Alex, uh, overnight. The non-Dragic numbers together were terrible for a while, and I feel like this is just eye test. I feel like they've gotten better. So I, I want to take a look at that because that, that is a duo that's going to play together quite a bit, especially uh, what is clear that, that Spolster doesn't feel Tyler Hero is all the way back from whatever it is he, he was dealing with. And so, I, you know, they gave none the minutes. Uh, number four tonight, and then we'll, five will be real quick here. Uh, the Bam's performance, um, I, I think what we're seeing a little bit is at times he's left out there on an island. You mentioned it. And, and then, you know, the, the rebounding becomes a problem. They put Myers Leonard in for that. He put that Myers Leonard in for that late possession. He got the box out against Bagley, which drew the foul. But are we at a stage where Bam is being overburdened? Yeah, um, to a certain degree, yeah, it has a lot to do with their injuries, especially, obviously, Jimmy was out tonight. Justice has been out for most of the season. And I think those are two guys who would help immensely with the workload there on Bam. And I think because of that, even though Bam is still having games where, like, he's doing all of these things like he did tonight, even though tonight wasn't one of his better games by any means. But at the same time, it's 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 leaving an effect on him. I think it's obvious when you watch him out there, their interior defense isn't nearly as strong as it was when the season started. And it's the same thing with the rebounding. Like, there's too many times where we saw them get out-hustled out there uh, by the other team. I think that has a lot to do with how many negative defenders are throwing out there all at once. And that has a lot more to do with injuries, like I said, more than spoke. But it's something to watch out for because they're trying to keep that two-seed, right? Like, that's the goal for the season. If you're trying to keep that two-seed and get Orlando in the first round, you got to keep winning games. Yeah, it's the goal for the season, except for before the All-Star game, because I'm not sure Spolcher wants to coach that team and if they're the two-seed of the All-Star team, and he's going to end up getting it. Uh, last thing, I know you got to run to the locker room, so I want to let you go. 30 seconds or less. Is this a good win, or is this a uh, – they beat the Kings. How do you view this one? Uh, honestly, it's not a bad win at all. Like, it was not a, a great-looking game by any means. There was a few times in the fourth quarter there where I'm like, oh, this is, doesn't look like it's going to be one of those games where they figure it out. But I think it ended up being a good win just because they were able to hustle it out, grind it out through the end, even without that, without somebody who was clearly on outside of James Johnson. And, you know, mm-hmm. James Johnson was hitting spot-up threes. He wasn't just dribbling down the floor and creating offense for them in the way that Jimmy does or in the way that Justice does when he's healthy. And uh, so, yeah, I like the way that they ended up winning the game. And uh, despite the zone stuff hurting the defense, despite all the injuries to end up winning this game, I think it's pretty big for them. 
Yeah, and look, I mean, they keep finding ways to win at home, and, and that's going to carry them a long way into the playoffs. And we talk about getting a home court seed. You know, the two seed obviously would put them in home court for two rounds if they can win the first round series. So that would be huge. All right, Alex, uh, follow him at Tropical Black. He's going to get to the locker room. After the break, it's going to sound like an open to a totally different podcast, but we wanted to give you both tonight. So check it out uh, and obviously check out all of our sponsors. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a Miami Heat and NBA podcast from Ethan Skolnick with Alvon Sydney, a.k.a. Alf954. Brought to you by the Five Reasons Sports Network. Welcome to the latest episode of the Five on the Floor podcast on the Five Reasons Sports Network. I'm Ethan Skolnick. Make sure you check out FiveReasonsports.com. Spell it out, F-I-V, ReasonSports.com. The only fully free website in South Florida providing constant South Florida sports content. No paywall, people. No paywall. You don't want to paywall. What do you want to pay for content for? Anyway, we've got a great episode coming up today. A little bit different. Some we're going to do, uh, it's kind of looking back at the first half of the season, even though we're a little bit past the halfway point at this stretch. But before we do, I want to tell you about a great sponsor of the Five Reasons Sports Network and a sponsor of this episode. That's East Coast Public Adjusters, which wants to let you know there's only nine months left to open your Irma claim. That's right, only nine months. So call now before it's too late. That's 855-GET-ECPA, 855-GET-ECPA. You have a leaky roof, experiencing plumbing issues. These problems are most likely covered Buy your insurance policy, so don't guess and don't settle for less. For a free, no obligation, that's right, no obligation inspection, call East Coast Public Adjusters. Been in business for 31 years, that's since 1988. Actually, make it 32 years at this point, since the Miami Heat were born. So here's the number again, 855-GET-ECPA, that's 855-GET-ECPA, or visit the website, ecpaclaims.com. Again, that's ecpaclaims.com. Com. And now, today's episode. All right, Ethan Skolnick back here, full crew for this one. We've been waiting to do this one for a little while. We've got Alex Toledo from Tropical Blanket. Uh, well, he is Tropical Blanket. He's not from Tropical Blanket. And we've got Alphonse Sydney. You can follow him at Alf954. All three of us were at the watch party on Friday night. Uh, and that turned out to be a good one. That was a win against Oklahoma City. Obviously, that went about as well as it could have gone. We're now 3-1 and one in watch parties this season, breaking the streak from last year. And then the Heat lost in San Antonio. We're actually recording this before the Heat play Sacramento. So hoping that not a whole lot changes in that game, but obviously we'll keep you posted. But here's the topic, guys. And I threw this on Twitter a couple of days ago. I got some interesting responses. Who or what is most responsible for this Heat season, which by all accounts, even with the loss in San Antonio, is better than anybody expected. I mean, I had them at over. We all had them at over the, the Vegas odds, about 43, 45, 43 and a half. But I had them at 48 wins. Um, nobody in our, you know, our little circle on Five Reasons Sports had them with more than 51 or 52, and they're trending above this. So I'm going to throw out some things here, and I'm going to get to both of you guys on this identified four things that or four people or groups that have contributed to this. And I'm not going to mention Pat Riley because he's kind of the orchestrator of this whole thing. So it's what's actually happened on the floor since he put this team together. And the four things that we've identified, Jimmy Butler and his addition, Bam Adebayo's growth, Eric Spolstra's packaging of this whole thing and putting his vision on the floor, and then the rookies, and I'm going to include Duncan Robinson in the rookies because even though technically he's not, it's really his first extended playing time. So 
I'm going to, we're going to go around the room here a little bit and I will start with Alex for you going down from four to one. What's number four. Oh, we're starting with number four. I was over here bracing, trying to decide what was going to be number one. No, no. We'll give you time for that. Oh my God. Now I was thinking of the wrong thing. Okay. Uh, now I'm on the spot. If I go number four, I think I'm going to have to go bam, man. And I, <laughs> I feel like I'm as high on BAM as anybody is. But if you're just talking about what got this team to that next level where they look like they're, you know, they're kind of projected to finish in the mid-50s right now. Maybe they finish like 53 wins, something like that. What put them over the top, I think, had more to do with everything else, with the addition of Jimmy, with the shooting, and with what Spoh's done with the team. I think BAM's leap has been awesome for them. It's been super important for the defense. But I figured that he was going to be a good defender anyways. I don't think he took the leap on defense. I just think he took an overall leap where his offensive game is more polished. You know, he's kind of put everything together. But he was already a plus defensive player coming into the season. So I think everything else had more to do with it than Bam's growth, per se. Alf, do you agree that's number four? Because I do not. I actually, and this is going to sound bad because I'm a huge fan, but um, I would actually say Spolstra is number four. Just because, and it's not that he's not done anything I mean, he's done what he always does, right? He put together um, a pretty – in fact, actually, the defense is not Spolstra a level defense right now. Um, but he's done a lot of what he's always done. He's trusted guys. He's given guys room, room to grow. He's – they're instituting this own defense. Offensively, he's done a, a lot of nice things. Um, but I, I think out of – in that in, – in, in that – that totem pole that you put up there, I would actually put Spolstra at the bottom of it. And maybe it's just because he's doing what I expect Spolstra to do when he has a group uh, this good. I'm going to put the rookies fourth. Uh, I, I have both Bam and Spolster ahead of them. Uh, again, not that they haven't been great. We've hit, we've seen Tyler Hero, and now that I say this, before the Sacramento game, he probably scored 25 at home against Sacramento because it just feels like he's played – well, not feels like. The stats show he's played a lot better at home. But uh, he didn't look great against San Antonio, and I feel like he's hit a little bit of a wall here. I, I Nothing has changed my opinion about his upside, but he's gone through these peaks and valleys a little bit this year, particularly on the road. Uh, I think missing some time hurt him a little bit. But the numbers are, are pretty clear. If you look at what Christian Hernandez and others have, have researched, you know they're really not that much better with Tyler on the floor. Um, I think that'll change over time. Sometimes, you know, players can be very important without having great plus minus numbers or, you know, Dwayne Wade at the end was a minus player, but I feel like he made an impact for the Heat anyway. And I love Tyler Hero's future and he's exceeded all expectations. Uh, but I I wouldn't necessarily say he's as impactful as the others. Um, and then you take a look at, you know, Kendrick Nunn and Duncan Robinson, both of whom in the starting lineup, which is tremendous. You have two guys who had to go to the New York offices where Adam Silver was to get their draft handshakes because they didn't have draft handshakes because uh, they weren't drafted. And we've seen Kendrick make really steady progress. And I feel like we have to sort of reevaluate what his upside is now because he has taken in information and processed it and put it into practice on the floor so well. I don't know why we thought he was a finished product. Not we, but uh, well, maybe I did a little bit. I, but I think we kind of viewed him as more of a finished product, maybe because he's 24 and, and Alf and I talked about this on a podcast. But like, he's made so much growth that like, I wonder what his next season's going to look like. Like, can he be a top six, top seven, two guard in a league? Maybe. Um, and so 
I don't want to take anything away from him or the fact that Duncan Robinson has, has improved enough in other areas that his elite shooting can come to the forefront. But I can't put the rookies with Jimmy, Bam, and Spolster in terms of impact. I mean, if you don't have the rookies and you have Bam and Jimmy and you have Spolster and you have some veteran role guys, you're still pretty damn good, I'm guessing. Um, you know, you probably would have had to rely on Dion and JJ to get their bleep together. But as much credit as I want to give those three guys, I have them fourth. Um, so let's go to third. If you, if you have, uh, if, if, so basically, if you have Spolster fourth, Alf, who's third? I, I think I'm being super contrarian right now. <laughs> um, but I would put Jimmy third um, just because I think, and the thing is, I, I feel like I don't want anybody to think I'm discounting any of these four things. I think they're all, all four of them are super important. But Jimmy, his attitude, his work ethic, everything has been completely infectious. He's the entire team is following his lead. And I think a lot of what you're seeing on the floor comes from having a leader like Jimmy. But Jimmy himself, as far as the shooting and uh, lately, especially with the crunch time uh, execution, like he hasn't been great, right? So as good as he's been, as impactful as he's been, I just think when you look at all four things, he would probably be, he would be third in that line for me. But I, I, it's not taken away from whatever he's been because he's been so impactful as far as assists, rebounds, playmaking, everything else. Like you have, you have the NBA.com MVP ladder. He's always fourth or fifth every time they come out with that thing because of his impact on the court. But I would just say out of those four things, to me, Jimmy would be third. Alex? Ah, uh, man. Um, I agree with Alf. I was trying to talk my way out of it, especially after he said his take. I was already certain that I was going to say it. I was like, maybe I should change it up now. But no, I, the more I thought about it, the more I agreed. I think we knew what J Jimmy was going to give the heat coming into this, right? And I think in some ways he's been better than we thought. Obviously, he's been a much better facilitator than maybe we accounted for coming in. But at the same time, his uh, scoring has gone down. So I think that kind of balances out. And although he's obviously, he's obviously been extremely important, he's been a top 10 MVP candidate since the season started, like Alf called, and like I disagreed with coming into the season. I'm still going to put him number three because I think the other two things end up being much more important for the Heat reaching that next level that we talk about. And Jimmy, if it was if he was a little bit of a better score, I might have given him that edge to end up, you know, one or two. But everything balancing out, I think the other two things are more important, even though Jimmy has been absolutely the best player on this team. As much as I uh, admire Bam's game, I think Jimmy's been the number one most important thing for this team. And even with that, he's number three behind the other two. <laughs> Somehow. I don't know if that sense makes sense. But yeah, it does in my is, head. The funny thing is when we when I set out to do this, I thought we'd all have the same four, uh, and we're not. <laughs> so that's a good, really actually. tough like ranking. If it was like well, maybe we had it, to pick one, it would be easier. I don't know. Well, well, I think it depends on what you value. All right. So okay, so you, I had the rookies fourth. Um, I'm gonna put Spolster third, and and I know that might surprise some people because I'm kind of known as a, a Spo stan a little bit. And I think he's done a tremendous job. And the column I wrote at Media Day was Eric Spolster has his team again. You could see the smile that day. You can see just getting Hassan out of here, having the power to clean out other problems, which I think uh, he's been empowered to do this season along, you know, with Pat's empowered him, but also uh, supported him. 
on that, which I think has been positive. Being able to put in his system with players who aren't jaded, uh, I think has all been good. Uh, these are all the things that they've put on the floor have been things Eric is wanting to put on the floor, but it's a player's league in my view still. And so I, as great as Eric Spolster has been, and I think he's runaway coach of the year, you can give me, uh, what Nick Nurse has done in Toronto, which has been terrific, and obviously he's gotten some attention after winning the championship. You could give me Bud, um, you know, but Bud's, with Bud it's a little weird for me because, you know, he won it in Atlanta, you know, then things. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M. Dot com and check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Fell apart in Atlanta. He didn't look like such a great coach, which happens when you lose talent. And then he went to Milwaukee, and he's obviously he's been a huge improvement over Jason Kidd and everybody else they've had there. But I still think Spo is the coach of the year. But I don't think he's been the most important influence here of everybody. Um, I think he's he's empowered. Like I said, empowerment's a big word with the Heat, and he's empowered the rookies. Um, they're they're dream makers, as he says, and he's given he's putting them in position to succeed. Uh, I wouldn't trade him for any other coach in the league right now, to be honest. I think he's gotten better at the communication thing, which was always uh, perceived as a weakness for him, and I think in some cases it was. I think the strategy thing, he's always been good. I think his in-game adjustments have been better this year. I think he set a good tone. Um, and I think, obviously, he presents himself well publicly. He does all the things you want a coach to do. He's comfortable in his own skin. I don't feel like he's wearing Pat Riley's clothes anymore. All of that is good, and yet I still have him third. So let, let's go over it before we go to break. The two that I have left are Bam and Jimmy. The two that Alex has left are? Bo and the shooters and the rookies. And the two that Alf has left? Bam and the, uh, and the rookies. We don't agree. I love this. I, 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 I love this. This is terrific. All right. We'll get back to this in a second. I want to tell you about a great sponsor of the Five Reasons Sports Network, and that's the Seltzer Mayberg Law Firm. You can find them at onecalllegal.com. Spell it out. O-N-E, calllegal.com. Someone there 24 hours a day to take your particular concern, get you to the right attorney, and they've got attorneys for just about everything. Obviously, immigration. We talk about traffic tickets. We talk about personal injury. They do sports law. They do a whole bunch of things at Seltzer Mayberg. They're based in North Miami, right off I-95. Say hello to Eric and Mendy and David and everybody who's there. Um, and we actually work out of that office from time to time, so you may run into us. We're going to start uh, recording more stu- more podcasts from the Seltzer Mayberg studios. They've been a big supporter of ours from the beginning. We appreciate it if you support them, and we would not have them as an endorser if we didn't think that they do great work. So check out the Seltzer Mayberg Law Firm. That's onecalleagle.com. All right, let's get to number two. I'll start this time. I'm going to go with Bam for number two. Uh, tough call. And, I, you know, he's been tremendous. Uh, he makes this thing go defensively in a lot of different ways. 
And I think if not for another factor, which I'm going to get into, I would probably have Bam first. But I have him second in part uh, because we did kind of see this coming. The per 36-minute stuff, we've done a whole podcast on Bam. Was pretty consistent with what he's doing now. It's a little, it's obviously better in a lot of areas, um, but he basically is what I thought he would be once Hassan got out of the way, <laughs> and and so that's what we've seen, and we've seen the confidence grow. The post moves against OKC, he looked like a totally different player than we saw a few months ago in that regard, um, and and I I think he's going to be a multi-time All Star. He's got the right three influences around him in terms of bigs and Bosch and Haslam uh, and Zo. And they've passed on the franchise mantle to him, and he's taken it, and it's tremendous. And he's 22 years old, and he's a great kid, and I hope he doesn't change. It's all fantastic. Um, but he was here already. He was here with a team that had struggled. He needed more of a role. He's gotten more of a role. He's done a lot with it. But to me, and I'll get into this in number one, that's different from coming in and not just embracing a culture, but in some ways, the guy I'm going to talk about at one changed the culture back to the way it was. Bam was not capable of doing that himself. Somebody else had to set the tone for it. And that's why I'm going to have Bam out of bio. Number two, Alf. I actually agree with you there. Bam is uh, number two for me just because what he allows them to do, especially defensively, where he can just, he guards one through five. He makes up for, so, for, for a lot of deficiencies. Um, and he just all around, to me, he's just been all around their most impactful player on the floor. Like I said, this is, it's no it's no diss to Jimmy at all. It's just Bam has just been so good. And his, his step up has honestly, you look at it and you say the Heat do have a second star, but we didn't go into the season thinking that, right? So it was, it's always been about, oh, who are they going to add to Jimmy? Now you're thinking, who are they going to add to Jimmy and Bam? So the, the thinking on, on this has completely changed because Bam has taken it. And the thing is, like you said, we, we talked about this per 36. But one thing that we haven't talked about is the fact that without Winslow, he's bringing up the ball um, a lot of times, initiating offense, just doing so many things that even when we talked about the per 36 minutes and getting Hassan out the way, we did not know that this was going to be what Bam was. Like, we did not know that he was going to be bringing the ball up the floor at the top of the key running the offense. That was not – we. No, I don't think anyone called that this year. So, looking at him and what he's done, he, I put him at, at – because we're talking about why why have the Heat been as successful in this first half of this year. Now, if we're going to talk about how they're going to be successful in the playoffs and going forward, I think – basically, I think my, my list needs to flip upside down. Mm-hmm. But the reason we're here, to me, in, in, on my list, number two would be Bam. Alex. All right. So this is another tough one, but I think I end up deciding to go with the shooters, AKA the rookies. And I'm going to include Duncan Robinson in here because he did not play last season. I think he absolutely counts. He was just as much an addition to the regular rotation as Kendrick Nunn and Tyler Hero were. But in this aspect that he take three solid excruciating W's with these three guys, because the offense was the biggest question coming into the season. We know Jimmy and Bam are very good players. Obviously, Bam ended up being better than we thought. And like I said before, we knew what Jimmy was going to give us more or less, you know. But what really took this team to that next level, I believe, as far as the actual individuals on the court, what took them from a 46-47 level win team to a, let's say, 53-55 is the shooting more than anything. I think the fact that they have reliable shooting all around the court at all times, no matter if it's a starting line of the bench, any other types of lineups, I suppose, running, there's always 
more than adequate shooting out there because Duncan Robinson is obviously special. He's been maybe the best shooter in the league, along with Davis Bertans uh, from the Wizards all season. Tyler Hero has been an awesome rookie. Kendrick Nunn has been an awesomer rookie. And I think they're all providing a lot of necessary, you know, pull-up shooting, spot-up shooting, uh, scoring off of the catch and driving in, all that stuff that they needed in order to have a really good offense. And now they've been a better offensive team than defensive team. And I think that has a lot more to do with the shooting because I don't think it would be near that level on offense if it was just Jimmy and Bam with a bunch of two, you know, so-so shooters. Like, let's say you had them out there with Justice and Derek Jones or mm. if James Johnson played more all year, Dion played more all year, as opposed to the three rookies getting their, their minutes. I think this has more to do with the team they are right now. All right. Well, we're going to get to number one here in a second. I want to tell you about another sponsor of the Five Reasons Sports Network, and that is Dutch Valley Farms. What's Dutch Valley Farms? For starters, they're not your average cannabis grow farm. They've got deep roots in the 305, and this hometown group of doctors, CPA, and Silicon Valley professionals have taken their talents from the 305 to the 503 to make you the finest flower out there. How does Miami find its way all the way out in Oregon? Simple, a team with a shared belief in cannabis research and erasing the stigma behind the bud. Today, the Dutch Valley Farms crew is bringing together old school growing practices with new school tech to deliver a consistently clean, high quality experience you can feel good about. The proof is in the plant. Do you want more information? Visit DutchVF.com. That's DutchVF.com. Or follow them on Instagram at Dutch Valley Farms. All right, let's get to number one. And I will let Alex start. Go ahead. So if it hasn't been obvious yet, my number one is uh, Coach Eric Spolstra. And I think that's pretty funny that I'm the one that's going to do it. I think you, you guys both had him three or four. <laughs> Am I right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and after the whole, the whole thing that happened with me and him that he probably forgot about the next day, uh, I'm going to go with him here. I think a, a lot of what I applied onto the last point with the rookies and the shooters uh, applies here. I think Spo has put everybody on this roster, everybody, except maybe Dion Waiters, in, t- <laughs> in the best position they could absolutely be in an offense, right? On, on a team that's trying to win and be very competitive at the highest levels. Alex, I, I would argue that Dion is in his best possible position right now. He's the only one who's, who's, who's been on a downhill turn over the past few years. Everybody else has been on an uphill turn thanks to Spo. Uh, since the beginning of the year. And I think uh, putting Jimmy as this number one facilitator slash score more than a scorer slash facilitator ended up being a game-changing thing for him because he recognized, he put these guys in positions to play. And I'm talking about the rookies and the shooters. He put them in the position to be there out there next to Jimmy, to really believe in them and give them solid minutes, even though guys were in and out, which contributed to that. I think putting Jimmy in that spot as facilitator got even more out of him because he's not forced to do the carrying of the offense. He put, he emboldened the shooters to go out there and launch. These guys are not hesitating for the most part. And all of a sudden you've got three very, very, very good shooters. Thanks to the, you know, putting Kendrick Nunn in that position as a starting point guard while all of us kind of questioned it or a little, or a little bit skeptical about it. He stayed with it throughout. It's been one of the best lineups in the league and, you know, putting Goran off the bench, which, which was something that we talked about coming into the season and leaving him there never putting him back into the starting lineup. He recognizes Goran's uh, defensive woes and why that doesn't make sense in the starting lineup. And then I think on the same end, like, he's made Myers look better, right? Obviously, Kelly hasn't been awesome. I think there has more to do with maybe his knee, but he's still shooting 40% from three. I think guys are getting – you're getting the absolute best out of everybody. I think the fact that he's been able to draw up a defense that started off 
as being top seven for the first couple of months. And then it's been, uh, I, I think now they're, they're 14 and they've been around 14 in the league on defense for the past few weeks. Uh, that's still pretty impressive guys. It could, it could be better. Right. But the fact that justice has missed a lot of time, James Johnson hasn't started playing until recently. Derek Jones jr. Was in and out and they're constantly running out guys who, who would look at to be like either average or slightly below average defenders like Myers Leonard, like Duncan Robinson, you know, hero and none are rookies. They're not plus defenders yet. There's like two or three of them out there at all times. And they're still a very good defense. So I think Spo, it's as, not perfect, but it's as close as you can get it to an A-plus season with a brand-new team. Well, one guy, it's been funny, and, and we didn't get to him, but I, I think Goran Dragic might be five for both of us, all of us or, or somewhere in the mix. Um, so I'm glad you mentioned Goran because we really haven't touched on him much. Um, Alf, I think Goran falls under Spo because I don't think he would be having the same in- impact if he ended up starting like it sounded like he was going to before the season started. Agreed, but all three of us said that, that Goran should come off the bench as a six-man. So I, I don't know if that was Spo's hardest decision. I think it was just convincing. I think the tough thing for Spo was convincing people to do these things, right? Like sitting down. Pat convincing pat but well called well, Goran the incumbent before yeah, the I, I know alf and i called bs on that at the time but all right right but he sitting down with goran and, and as, as much as goran's a team guy getting a very proud player who's a world champion to agree to a change in role which again couldn't get dion to do it but he, he got goran to do it and he deserves credit for that so i, I think suppose done a masterful job but i just i just wouldn't put him first but i respect your opinion and i know hey, look you got to get back in his good graces after that incident he forgot about in 13 seconds stop worrying about that damn thing you got, you're gonna have more conflicts with eric like that down the road trust me um alf what do you got i this is gonna be funny for me because how hard i've been on kendrick dunn but i obviously i'm putting the rookies and because we're talking about um, what's the most, why, why are the heat where they are right now? And to me, they don't survive the justice injuries. They don't survive the Dion and the James Johnson, um, whatever you want to call them, suspensions, spectacles, whatever you want to call it. They don't survive all that stuff unless Kendrick Nunn is a super surprising really good undrafted uh, 24-year-old rookie. Duncan Robinson doesn't make this huge leap from a guy who can barely get um, on the floor even in the at, at the end of blowouts to the point where he's starting in one of the most effective starting lineups in the league, where Tyler Hero is at 19 years old, is playing big minutes. I know he's had a couple rough games or he's been injured and he had a rough game today, but Tyler Hero is an integral part of this team. He's an integral part of the bench. Without those three guys playing at their level on the contracts they're on, by the way, this Heat team would be – it would be a mess, to be quite honest with you. They would have to – Deion Waiters would have to be on the floor. Uh, the whole Justice Winslow injury, injury would be way more catastrophic. James Johnson would have had to be rushed back way before he was probably ready. Chris Silva would have been getting – uh, a lot more minutes on the squad uh, because it would have just needed the help. So to me, the reason that they're where they are right now is the fact that they've gotten such uh, tremendous production from guys that going into the season, I don't think any of us thought they were going to be that integral into what they were doing into what they're doing. And like I said before, I think for the heat to be successful in the second half of the season and going to the playoffs, my entire list needs to be flipped upside down. Right. Like, as much as I've enjoyed this first half of the season, I've told you guys before, like, I don't, I I don't trust, and I feel like I'm wet, I'm doing the wet blanket segment. 
I, I don't as much as the rookie as much as the rookies have been important up to this point and they've they've boosted the offense, they have to fix this defense. And that starts with Eric Spolstra and so and, and Jimmy Butler. So like I said, my my list would flip. But for right now, the Heat are where they are, in my opinion, because they've gotten production from guys that nobody saw coming into the season being that integral to what they're doing. Right, so well, I'll Sorry, uh, one more thing. To add to Alf's point, they're giving a combined, the three of them, Duncan Robinson, Kendrick Nunn, Tyler Hero, combined 41 points, about seven threes a game, as, as in makes. And that pretty much sums up everything, right? I guess the only uh, disagreement here is with chicken or egg. But other than that, the rookies have been awesome. No, they've been great. And I, I'm with Alf that it probably has to flip. But I'm going to – look, I'm going to start with where this all started. Um this franchise was perceived to be going nowhere, guys, until the Heat figured out a way to get Jimmy Butler. League is future in the league. League is future in the league, according to Zach Lowe, who was the only national guy who actually turned around in a positive way on the Heat. And it all started by getting the guy that they tried to get last season, that they ended up getting for even less, that they were able to unload Hassan Whiteside. And I look, that to me, that's one of the five reasons. I mean, that might, we should have done five reasons. Hassan Whiteside would be in my five reasons. Just getting that attitude off the roster has been an enormous positive. But bringing in Jimmy Butler's attitude and the way that Jimmy, and that's why he's number one for me, um, his shooting has been pretty horrific from the outside. Uh, it doesn't seem to be getting better. That's a problem, particularly when you come up to the playoffs. But he's gotten to the line consistently. He can, I mean, t this game, even they lost against San Antonio, he made some of the best reads I've seen by anybody in a Heat uniform other than LeBron James and Dwayne Wade over the 25 years I've been covering this team. Um, his ability to read the floor, the defensive intensity that he brings, but the buy-in. To me, that's the thing. All the other things you're talking about that have happened, um, Eric Spolster's success, well, in part, look, Eric was successful before Jimmy, but Eric found his Zoe. Jimmy came in, and I was told by someone, a couple people close to Jimmy, that basically Jimmy questions every coach he's ever had, and after the first week with Spo, he said, I'm not questioning him anymore. He knows what he's doing. And so, yeah, a lot of that is Eric Spolstra, obviously, for knowing but what he's doing. But you proved my point. But, right, I did prove your point. No, that's correct. But a lot of it is Jimmy Butler acknowledging that, setting the tone that I'm going to lead, but I'm going to lead in concert with the head coach. That was enormous. And then you talk about the rookies, right? Tyler Hero, Kendrick Nunn. I have a, I have a story coming out this week about Ken, Tyler Hero reaching out to him to get together, and Jimmy invited him to his house, and they spent a week together in Chicago, <laughs> okay? Jimmy started that. Contacting Bam on his birthday, which Bam wasn't expecting, um, a minor thing, right? But a show that, like, I value you. Um, the way that he embraced Dragic from the very beginning, after Dragic was in a position where he was almost traded and was traded this offseason if there wasn't a communication issue with Dallas. Um, that's all Jimmy. We can talk about the on-the-court stuff, but the off-the-court, the setting a tone as a leader, as a star, whether he believes he's a superstar one day or doesn't, or I'm a bad mf -er or whatever, but the attitude, the thing with TJ Warren, Jimmy Butler has made this franchise relevant again. Hasn't been perfect. The shooting's been awful. Um, but a lot of that, I think, has to do with Justice not being in there. But you mentioned what would have happened without Justice. What if you didn't have Jimmy? <laughs> Who's handling the ball for this team other than Goran? I, to me, it, it starts and ends with – it doesn't end with Jimmy Butler, but it starts with Jimmy Butler. Would have seen a lot of James Johnson handling the ball again. <laughs> right, which we're starting to now anyway. I mean, does anybody – again, we got a minute It would have been here. time to start tanking at that point. <laughs> well, what, what, would you, what would you think? I mean, the reality is that they brought – he made them relevant again. He's made them relevant. Like, the other pieces fall into line 
but Bam doesn't become this in year three without Jimmy there basically telling him, shoot the effing ball, okay? And, and you know, and all the rest of this. Or, or pr- Duncan Robinson, this will be in my story, but first time they played pickup together, Jimmy went under a screen and Duncan looked at him and said, don't do that again. And said, Jimmy laughed. And he's like, he knew he had his respect. He gave these guys confidence. Um, and so I, I, I'm with you guys on your others. What Spolster's done, what the rookies have done, what Bam has done. But if Jimmy doesn't come in here and endorse all of it, this team doesn't look like a contender. And, and that's why, again, imperfect, but he's been pretty damn good. All right, that's it. That's all the time we've got today. Check out fivereasonsports.com. Check out our sponsors, Dutch Valley Farms, Seltzer Mayberg, ECPA, also our other sponsors, um, you know, Cervanti Clothiers, which I'm going to have some more about them this week because my jackets came in. And check out our podcast coming up this week. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for listening to The Five on the Floor on the Five Regional Sports Network. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.